and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. If they get two or three, then you can probably get somebody in the group of guys that they're looking at getting without attaching more draft capital. Yeah, I mean, because the calculus for whoever, let's say it's like you know, you saw you saw Masai Ujiri's uh, press conference after he fired Nick Nurse about how like things they, are changing. Yeah, if you're <laughs> Toronto. You can, you know, if you get, if they offer you, you know, two or three, and you can take Scoot or Brandon Miller and put them with Scotty Barnes, that's something that I think a lot of teams in that position would be interested in. If it gets below three, because like the tier, you, you're, you've done more of the draft stuff than yeah. I have, but it's Wemby is like his own tier beyond everything else. Yeah. And then those two are the next tier. It's just those so two. So it depends on who you talk to, uh, how things are, are skewed. Like it's Wemby giant gap right and, and and this is not like throwing scoot or brandon miller scoot would be the number one pick next year or last year a- across the board everybody i've talked to he would be a hundred percent he's that guy right they, they the the combat again t- talking about hyperbole multiple multiple execs have s- said some combination of derrick rose was russell westbrook john moran like that's those are the guys that Absolutely obscene athleticism, dogged determination, work ethic, grown man body, all those things. Right. He is a dude. But the gap between Victor to him is huge because you're talking about the gap between a guy being profiled higher than LeBron to this level. But in the same breath, that number two overall pick is one of, if not the singular most valuable asset in the NBA right now outside of uh Wemby and Giannis like that's that's how valuable that pick is looked at right and even three is like not that far below that and yet look with when you're talking about Scoot and 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 Miller I think most GMs would say Scoot is in the lead but if you wanted to put them on the same tier you're not going to get a lot of pushback but the franchise changer that's to me the differentiation between Miller and Scoot even if you think uh, Miller has the higher ceiling because of his size, the leadership intangibles, floor leader, franchise building block kind of guy, more people that I've talked to believe in Scoot. But as far as your tiers, it's Victor, those two guys. And then you get into, is it just one guy at four uh, in Thompson and then down to five at, at uh, Jairus Walker? Or are they on their own tier together? It, it gets a little more ubiquitous once you get past two and three Uh there's a drop but i don't think it's a tremendous drop but it's it's enough to notice so if you don't land one but you get picked two or three you have an extremely extremely valuable asset to affect a ton of change 
And if you don't get two or three, then you start having to talk about putting more future draft capital, and yep. that gets into the Chicago pick and you know what what you do with all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's have you have have you been so what what has been your reaction? I don't want to get too deep into some of the things that have been out there the last week <laughs> since Dame went I'll, I'll to the playoff listen. thing. I'm just gonna say it. Damian Lillard is not going anywhere until Damian Lillard says he's going somewhere. You you and I have both talked to Dame over the years. I have grown to trust word for word, bar for bar, what he tells me, <laughs> both on and off record. And the guy is committed to Portland making changes. If we get to July 1st and the roster does not make a significant change – then you can throw out your your trade Damian Lillard industrial complex trades. Until that day, it is there is zero zero reason to go remotely down that path. Have you enjoyed uh, the idea that Portland doesn't have anything to trade for any of these guys, oh, but that God. the worst contract in the NBA and a bunch of mid you know <laughs> picks that are five or six years out that's enough for Dame. Yeah, no, the idea of, like, Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons, I, I don't know, man. I don't know if I can get Mikhail Bridges. Like, you didn't you didn't know who Mikhail Bridges was three months ago. Why, why are you now telling me that the most valuable asset in the league, not named Wembenyama or Giannis Antetokounmpo in the number two overall pick in Anthony Simons, couldn't get Mikhail Bridges, but somehow, somehow Ben Simmons, Cam Thomas – and a bunch of picks that are nothing, nothing. I, I keep seeing people like, well, the Blazers traded Damian Lillard six first-round Six crappy first-round picks doesn't mean anything. You have to get a tangible asset. And I was like, well, the, controlling the Suns' future is great. Sure, if Robert Sarver was still in charge, the first thing we just saw Matt Ishbia do was lure Kevin Durant to Phoenix. Do you think that he's just going to like, oh, we suck. Time to settle. No. No, they're not. They're, the flip side of this is everybody's like, oh, the Suns have sucked for a long time. It's like they sucked for five, six years. Beyond that, I believe they're the fifth or sixth winningest franchise in NBA history. It was about 10 years between after the the national they had, run. They had, the, they had the bump where they came back and they rebuilt too soon, all that kind of thing. My point is they, they haven't been, they aren't the Timberwolves. Now, if, right. we, if you had, if you were Utah and you had those Timberwolves picks, different story. Timberwolves are quite literally the worst franchise in the existence of the NBA. They have like a, a, a franchise, like I want to say it's like a thirty-four percent winning percentage. There was this, there was awful. this tweet they had a couple of weeks ago that was like, "Congrats to Chris Finch on becoming the second winningest coach in franchise history," and it was like ninety-eight wins. It was like, oh my, that, that's what I mean. Like, there's there's levels to controlling those. Like controlling the Suns' future, meh. Controlling the Timberwolves' future? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, sign me up for that. Danny Ainge, again, making deals with the devil. But the whole idea of, like, the best asset in that entire trade is the 2028 or 20, excuse me, 2029 Phoenix Suns pick. That kid is 12. Let's fast forward six years from now. Anthony Simons is going to be 29 years old. Shaden Sharp is going to be 25 or 26 You're not talking about like a young asset to build around. You're you're running into the literal same problem of two timelines all over again. 
So it was like, there's nothing. And you're asking the Trailblazers to take on the literal most toxic asset in the entire NBA in Ben Simmons' contract. It's, that's, it's absolutely insane what people are putting out there. And again, this is from the Nets. Like, they're putting it out there. Don't get it twisted. It's not just their writers. I know people have told me, like, all I heard from the Nets organization, that they, they, they feel like they have a strong chance of landing Damian Lillard. I'm like, that's weird. So did because... the Sixers for how many years are we talking about? <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis had lunch and dinner with him. And LeBron's arguably the greatest of all time. He didn't go there. Why is he going to run to a Nets organization that's been a complete... And it was like, oh, the Blazers haven't made the playoffs. The Nets have been a dumpster fire. What, Here's what's the other part. About that? And our our mutual friend and friend of the program, Eric Gunderson, made this point the other day. <laughs> you can't even do the big market thing for Dame with Brooklyn because they just had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and they were still second in the city to the Knicks. To a Knicks team that at that point in time was still struggling to find their identity. Yeah. And that's the thing is like... I, so my thing, my thing with the, you know, six future draft picks or, you know, whatever of these other hypothetical trades would be is you, if you have all those draft picks, you're not going to use all those draft picks. No. And then you run into, even if you do use a lot of those draft picks, and let's say you draft incredibly well, you then run into a situation where you're Memphis and you basically have to give away DeAnthony Melton because you don't have enough space for everybody. To, to pay everybody. Like, or or to even just have roster spots for everybody. Yes. Like, the Thunder are going to run into this at some point with all well, their... They're going to run into it literally next year. Yeah. They're going to run gonna into have it to, next like, year. They're going to have to, like, trade Josh Giddy or trade... They're going to have to trade somebody because they are just not going to have enough. They're around going, uh... I was like, they're going to have to give up Poku and they're going to they're gonna riot in OKC. The other thing about it is that, like, I think something that I think gets, you know thrown into kind of this, you know, group think of like how this stuff has to work or how these things, these, these different things have to be built is this idea that all of a team's best players have to be the same age. And I know there are limits to the two timelines thing. And obviously like what the Blazers tried to do this year didn't really work. What the Warriors are trying to do now didn't really work because Kuminga and Poole and, and but the Moody. Suns are doing pretty effectively right now. Right. Like but like, if you're, let's say they win, like, the, the, you know, the, the, the one that I've seen a few different places is if they get the number one pick and they get Wemby Yama, then you trade Dame for more young stuff to rebuild around Wemby and Sharp. And it's like, wouldn't the best thing for Sharp and Wemby be to have Dame in the same way that having LaMarcus and having, like, Wesley Matthews and Batum and all them, that was We're good great for Dame. For Dame. Yeah. Like, like, you can't just, I mean, you're seeing, like, kind of on the one extreme end of the spectrum. Like I like 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 what Oklahoma City is doing right now is like an exception because their their guys are all kind of in that younger age range and they have yeah, such they a strong Yeah, they aren't hopping in yet. But that's like but that's like a that's like one exception of like the one time everything is working yeah. really well. You also then run into situations similar to that where like you're Memphis, you have all this young talent, you don't have any vets and then some of the stuff that's happened with Memphis this year ends up happening. Then you, you don't have an adult in the room and you <laughs> right. have Jaw acting a fool. You've got Dylan Brooks running his mouth. And that's the thing. It's like one of the, I think one of the most underrated things or, or underrated losses this season was Memphis losing Kyle Anderson. Mm -hmm. Like having and Steven Adams, you know this. Steven Adams is on the roster. He's an adult in the room. There's no doubt about that. But he's that. hurt but for like half the but year. But when not you're playing. not playing, you're not a part of the fold. It was like, well, Steven Adams is there. And I'm like, 
Yeah, Danny Green was there for like half the season. And, and this thing is like when you're not playing, you're not a part of it. You're looked at differently, fair or not, unless you're the guy. Like if, if Dame was banged up down the stretch, uh, like last year, they're still looking to Dame. Dame is setting the culture standard because he's the guy. But if Dame had been the number four on the roster and he's down, no, it, it, does, it doesn't doesn't carry the same weight. So, yeah, at bare minimum, I think Dame is just looking at Wemby and going, I'll give it a try. <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a try. You know, I, I have a generational talent who covers up for literally all of the weaknesses that we have. A more mobile, more athletic, longer, more versatile. Like, yeah, I, I think at that point in time, then... In four Maybe years, you, when Dame ages out, Wemby's going to be 23 or 24. And on top of that, maybe you get a couple of ring chasers. Maybe you get a guy to you know, take an MLE who otherwise wouldn't. He looks at it and goes, Dame, Ant, Shay, Jeremy, Wemby. Well, okay, so let's so like, so you naming those five guys, do you think that if they get Wemby, they wouldn't? do anything with the rest of the roster because i feel like you still i think they do make something, i think you use i think you i think you have to no matter what even if you get wemby i think you have to do you have to make the aunt shaden decision this summer i think they probably have to or probably would like to but i think if they get wemby they maybe look at things a little bit differently in the sense of and again I, I don't know if they would, but in the back of my head, I'm thinking, huh, do they instead go from having a thumb on the scale of like, this has to happen now to maybe Ant takes one more growth leap and you get more out of him at the deadline. Maybe Shaden takes a massive leap and you go, oh, he's that dude. You know, I think that's, I think it maybe bumps that decision until the deadline. But I think that's as far as it goes. I wanted to I want to go into something. You so your most recent episode of uh Jack Ramsey's, mm-hmm. you had uh Joe Cronin on. Yep. Which was the first interview that he's done since the exit interview stuff yep. a- after the end of the season. 